the volume nice and loud. Because we are controlling transmission with dance beats and R&B. You're in the mix with Lil Drummer Girl with your host, Dawn Marie. Hey, and welcome. It's Dawn Marie Mutel here, and thanks for joining us today for another episode of The Little Drummer Girl. Today, we have a really cool guest here. Ryan Rymo Moran is in the house. He's the drummer for the band Slightly Stupid. For those of you who may not be familiar with the band, they're one of the best Scott reggae bands out there with their melodic phrasing, amazing percussion and drums, horn section, and acoustic rhythm piano. Their energy is high octane times a thousand percent. If you haven't seen them live, you must catch one of their shows. Their energy is contagious. Slightly Stupid has been on the road tour for the past decade and now they have their own local recording studio and rehearsal clubhouse near Ocean Beach, California and they've also created their own record label Stupid Records way back in 1999. So, Ryan's on tour and his time is limited so let's get Ryan on the air. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Very good, how are you? I'm great, thank you. I know you are touring and you've got gigs going on tonight so thank you again for being here tonight. I know how busy you are. It really means a lot to me and if you're ready to rock out, you ready to begin? Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So one of my first questions I love to ask is how old were you when you first started playing? I got my first pair of sticks at about nine years old. I just turned 40. So I guess, yeah, I've been playing a little over 30 years. Before that, I, you know, I played piano a little bit and dabbled with trumpet and violin. And, you know, I enjoyed music, but just none of those instruments really grabbed me that the way the way that the drums did. So I hear. So was there something that actually inspired you to pick up the set of drumsticks? Just had a friend that bought me a pair. I think it was like my ninth birthday or something like that. And he was a. Uh, He's a musician. I'm still friends with him today. He's a musician professor up in New York City. And I don't know. He just, we, you know, we'd already we'd been listening to all kinds of music and it just seemed natural. We wanted to start a band. And so he, he got me some sticks, started beating on, you know, cookie pins and bought a pair of, you know, old cymbals from a flea market. And that was it. That was the beginning of it all. Awesome. So do you remember the first song you learned how to play? Yeah. So one of the first tunes we learned was, well, there's mostly Beatles tunes, really. We were playing like Back in the USSR and Let It Be and Yellow Submarine. You know, those were probably the first few tunes we learned. And then we started kind of doing some doing some writing, actually, at a pretty young age. Wow. So when you started playing live, how old were you? Probably about 10 or 11. Wow, that's young. Yeah, we started playing like, you know, in school lunch and things like that and the talent show and things like that. Things got a little more serious through high school and basically that's that great. kind of started the whole thing, yeah. Is your family musical? Not really, actually. Neither of my parents really played instruments. They they listened to music. They liked listening to jazz, but they never really, uh, they weren't musicians themselves, no. Okay. But they supported you going oh, into the music? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They were very supportive. You know, they helped me get the drums over to my friends' houses for, you know, rehearsals and band practice and all kinds of things. So, yeah, we were, uh, I was fortunate that they were extremely supportive. And that's amazing because, you know, it's, it's so important to have that support. Do you Absolutely. ever teach music? What's that? Do you ever teach music? Yeah, so I've got a few private students in San Diego. I taught at a, an institute for underprivileged kids in San Diego as well for a couple of years. So yeah, I've definitely done a handful of lessons over the years for sure. Oh, that's phenomenal. I love that. I was at your show at the Vinoy Park here in St. Pete, and you guys rocked. And I love your kit. Who did the artwork on your bass drum? It's really spectacular. So we've, we've got a friend of ours that's done a lot of art for us over the years. and His name is Sean Logan. He goes by, his art name is Logan. He's done <laughs> art for Slightly Stupid and The Expendables and Revolution and a lot of band, a lot of the bands in sort of this genre that we're in. And yeah, so he created the artwork. That's actually album artwork from our 
uh, album that dropped last June called Meanwhile. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, I uh, love that. Yeah, so the picture is actually a pretty accurate summary of what our studio looks like in San Diego. So there's some, you know, bikes and skateboards and musical instruments and cable everywhere and beer cans and surf stuff. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. It's like a that's very cool. man cave. Are you from California? I am. Yeah, I was born in San Francisco and been in San Diego since 1994. Sweet. I love it there. I almost moved there back in 96 myself, but I decided to stay in New York a little longer. <laughs> uh, do you do a lot of writing with the, with the band now? Yeah. We have the two principal writers are Miles and Kyle. They're, they're the leaders of the band, mm-hmm. uh, but we all contribute in different ways. You know, when we're in the studio, we help formulate tunes, but th- they do all the primary writing and really lyric writing and stuff like that. So there is some collaboration, but there's definitely a unity of, of sound based on that. Do you still practice a lot before your shows or do you just warm up a little bit before your shows? I do. I, you know, I try to get at least an hour in, at least, you know, doing some kind of warm up, stretching. And then, you know, we usually sound check for a half hour to an hour every day, oh, every wow. show day. And then we pl- we're playing about two hours a night. So yeah, most days I'm playing you know, at least three to four hours. Wow. That's, that's pretty strenuous. I mean, that's a lot of time per day. It is. It is. Yeah. Most <laughs> How do you keep your energy going? Coffee. Uh, <laughs> sometimes Advil helps, you know, I- I've been having a little bit of issues with my back in the last couple of weeks. So I started going to a chiropractor just, you know, probably just because of playing and stuff. But, but yeah, I'm trying to stay fit when we're not touring, you know, do a lot of exercise, run and surf and do triathlon and whatever, yoga and okay. stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of little hobbies to kind of stay busy and try to stay fit. Well, I just had Ken K. Mary on the call the other day and he used to play with Alice Cooper and he had a bad back and he was telling me, because I have a bad back as well. And when I play for long periods of time, you start to really feel it. He yeah. said that there's this throne called the rock and sock motion tone and mm-hmm. he said it saved his back. So I don't know if you want to check it out, but I know I'm going to get one just to see what that's about. Is it kind of this loaded one that has like a shock absorber kind of thing too? Yeah, and it actually moves a bit. So um, he said it takes about a week to kind of get used to it, but he said now he can't live without it. So, Huh, interesting. Yeah, I'll look into that. Yeah. Do you ever get nervous before you go on stage? I do. Yeah, I still do. This for the smaller clubs or whatever in smaller venues, not really as much, but there's a big crowd out there and it's loud and maybe not as much nervousness out of fear. It's more just like I'm anticipating, you know, the energy that's about to be ex- expended and, you know, kind of just <laughs> mental prep. You no, know, I'm about to go basically run a marathon. So kind of the anticipation for sure. I, I get that it's about every night. Do you do anything to kind of calm the jitters down or any practice? Yeah, I usually just like have a beer, you know. That's um, cool. I don't. I don't drink a lot, but one beer right before we go on helps me kind of calm the nerves a bit. And then uh, when we're up there, once we're up one or two songs in, I feel fine. Most of that nervousness kind of converts to like, you know, out energy, like in a good way. Do you uh, do you ever have any embarrassing moments on stage that you can remember that you're like, oh, shit? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, we've had some train wreck. I've been doing it long enough. You're bound to have a couple here and there. But, you know, there's, we've definitely had some times where like the whole thing just imploded. Like I picked it off the wrong tune and the other guys are just like what are you doing or things like that but I mean fortunately it doesn't happen too often but we've definitely okay. had a few train wrecks where we're like alright yeah we just blew it <laughs> let's start it again or you know that that kind of stuff happens once in a while you just kind of have to laugh and roll with it I love the way that uh, Kyle <laughs> lifted up that huge lift <laughs> I just thought oh yeah is that real <laughs> oh yeah that thing looked like a candle that night I remember specifically he, he rolled this thing up it looked like it was probably it was literally it looked like candle with like a I wick I felt like I was watching History of the World Part 2. 
Yeah, it was over the top. <laughs> it was great. Your audience, uh, they were so into it. They were just like having such a great time. Uh, you guys are so high energy. It's really amazing. What was your first big break in the business? See, I, I guess, you know, I came, I studied music in college. And when I moved to San Diego, you know, I had these ideas that I was just going to like get right into a working band. And I just, you know, I wanted it hungry. And so after a couple of years of kind of like trying, you know, playing with different groups and not really getting out and gigging a whole lot, I met some guys that had this, this group that was working a lot and in San Diego and I got hired by them I guess I was probably like maybe 19 or 20 and started just gigging around town and I ended up being with them for about seven years touring we did a few national tours lots of like regional like western region tours and I was with them from 96 till like 2003 and the band's called the b-side player out of San Diego and then in 2003, things had kind of slowed down a little bit and plateaued. And, you know, it was a big band. So there was like eight or nine, sometimes 10 guys in the van, you know, pulling the trailer, just paying dues. And um, uh, in 2003, slightly stupid guys called and said, look, we have this tour. We're going to be on a tour bus. Do you have any interest in giving it a shot? And it, like, it's like an eight-week tour. And I said, absolutely. I'd like to, you know, give it a shot. And yeah, that was, I've never really gone back. That was 2000, I guess, the middle of 2003. Um, nice. Those were kind of a couple big, big stepping stones that have, you know, helped get me where I am now. Do you, that, that's phenomenal. Do, do you happen to have any words of wisdom for those that are looking to break into the business? Uh, yeah, people say it's, it's luck. I think it's more hard work and timing. If you're hungry enough and you're, you're putting the time in and you're really shedding and getting your skills together you know, to make you an asset to a group, then you're going to get hired. And then hopefully make the right choices once you're in that group to help you know, keep, keep your career moving forward. It's definitely easy to get frustrated because every musician has been at a point where they're wondering what they're doing and why they're doing this and they love music but it's not not going where they want it to go and you know a positive mental attitude will help but also do really a strong work ethic just get your skills together get comfortable on the drums and learn as many styles as, as you want to try to play if you just have one sort of niche that's cool but then you're kind of pigeonholing yourself you know whereas if you can cross over through different genres or things you're going to have a lot more opportunity and a lot more doors open so i would just encourage younger players to just create a well-rounded skill set learn how to play blues learn how to play jazz learn how to play afro-cuban and latin and samba patterns learn how to play reggae patterns and rock and if you have sort of a, a broad enough spectrum of capability someone's going to call you i agree i really think that's a it's so huge. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. as you know, as drummers, it's so key because you know it may be a little different for other instruments. You know, if you're a good metal guitar player, it might not translate to to jazz style or or world style. But with drums, the beauty of it is, is you can kind of mold in. If you if you get hired by a certain type of artist, you can learn that style and make yourself valuable, and then you're going to get called back. Yeah, and you'll create your own groove with it, and make that actually. I think that would make the band a little bit more unique too, because you can change it up and add in some different influences in there. Absolutely. That's cool. So listen, are you ready for the 11-stroke roll rapid-fire interview? Let's do it. Okay. Your favorite drum set. <laughs> Your favorite, favorite drum set. That's probably the kid I'm on now. Pearl, reference, pure. I just love it. Sounds amazing. It's a great setup. Your favorite drum set. Regal Tip, 5A. Love them. Nice. Your favorite, your favorite food? Mmm, Thai food. The least favorite thing to do? Least favorite thing to do? Uh, sit around. I can't <laughs> Get bored easily? Yeah. <laughs> your favorite band? I know it's a tough one. Uh, it's just, yeah. I'd have to go back to what got me playing drums in the first place. Uh, you know, the great John Bonham, Led Zeppelin, oh, yeah. by my all-time 
All-time favorite. Your favorite travel spot? Oh, man, that's tough. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I love touring in the States. I mean, I love going overseas and stuff, too, but it's just I love being in the States. I'd have to just say just about anywhere in the States, so I love being here. Awesome. Your favorite person to hang out with? Uh, my wife and my cool. kids. <laughs> yeah. How many kids do you have? I have two girls. Sweet. How old are they? Uh, almost two and a little over three. We've got Irish twins. Oh, you're little babies still. Yeah. Yeah. We went, my wife and I went back to back. Still yeah, kind of wondering why we did that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're blessed. We're super happy. And, yeah. and they'll get to grow up with each other because they're close in age. So that's really cool. They get along great, which is, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. That is awesome. Car or motorcycle? Car. Dine in or take out? Dine in. Your favorite tour? Oh, man. I'd have to go back to one of the bigger ones, uh, which was a tour we did with Snoop Dogg, even Marley, Mickey Avalon, and us. That was probably one of my favorites. Crazy. <laughs> that must have been an interesting tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was uh, got blurry a lot. We just put it that way. I actually uh, used the license songs for Snoop Dogg when he first started out. <laughs> yeah, it's a trip. Uh, your biggest pet peeves? My biggest pet peeves, close talkers. People would come up and they don't, you know, they're just all up in your personal space, especially like if you're at a gig, you got a fan or someone that's real excited and, uh, and they're just breathing on you. Yeah, that's, that's my pet peeve. Yeah, I hear you on that one. It's like, give me three and, feet, man. Personal space here. A couple, you yeah. know, three feet, two, three feet. Exactly. <laughs> As a New Yorker, it's one thing we could never find is a personal space. Yeah, <laughs> Especially absolutely. if you get into an elevator, you know, it was the worst. And I'm like, please, just. Just step away. <laughs> yeah. What's the one thing you can't live without? Good food and good beer and good coffee. All three. All right. I need all those <laughs> every day. I need at least one good meal, good strong cup of coffee, and a couple beers. I love it. Well, Vimo, thank you so much. It looks like our time is just about up. I want to thank you again for being here, and I, I wish you a lot of luck with the rest of your tour. How? Uh, when does we're end? So we're on weekend right now. We've got one more week after this, so it's about 10 days we'll be home. Oh, sweet. I bet you so, can't wait to yeah. get back home. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long, I mean, it's been a great tour, but it's been a really long one. We've been on the road. Yeah, this is week 10, so everyone's kind of ready to move back to normal life, you know? How, how can our listeners stay in touch and keep up with you if they want to learn more or... Um, now, but- a few ways. So we have slightlystupid.com is the band page. We've got, you know, all kinds of content on YouTube and we're all over Facebook and all that kind of stuff. I also have my own personal Instagram account. It's it's Rymo Stupid. It's all one word. Okay. Um, it's S-T-O-O-P-I-D. So it's Rymo S-T-O-O-P-I-D. That, you know, I just take some photos out here on the road and throw them up there and then yeah have uh have some music available too i uh, did a solo record a few years back it's all kind of drum and cushion oriented and it's all stuff all original oh, beautiful. Um, so and check that's it out. available on itunes too so it's just search rymo there's actually a rapper named rymo too but i think you'll you'll see which you'll still <laughs> hear the difference of course if you click on, on the on the album so cool i'll be sure to add the links to those in the show notes so that uh awesome. click on that and so thank you again. And if uh, when you get back to the Tampa area, please give me a shout. And if you have any new releases also, you know, just let me know. And I'd love to keep the uh, people in the know. Absolutely. Beautiful. Right. Thanks a lot for having me on, Don. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And thank you to our listeners out there today. Thank you for being here. I wouldn't have a show if it weren't for you. And don't forget to check out The Little Drummer Girl with Don Marie Mutel at YouTube. The link is below in the show notes. And please, if you like this show, please subscribe and share it with your friends. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. And remember, it's never too late. Begin to live the life of your dreams and leave the trail blazing behind you. Rock on and rock out, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Namaste. 